This upcoming concert season will be all about the boots, and Tecovis is your stop for the best in Western style. Tecovis has seasonal and limited edition offerings this spring and summer, including men's and women's boots, apparel, hats, bags, and more. All Tecovis boots are made by hand in a time-honored tradition with timeless styles that are always on trend. And Tecovis has first wear comfort with little to no break-in period. It's hard to find this level of comfort paired with this level of style. Stop by your local Tecova store, have a complimentary drink or two, that's WCB style, and shop new styles. The smell of fresh leather and friendly staff are at your service. Many stores even have leather custom branding to make your boots truly personalized. And with regular live music and events, there's no in-store experience like it. If you can't make it into a store, just visit tecovas.com. That's T-E-C-O-V-A-S.com. They offer free shipping on all boots, as well as free returns and exchanges, and ship right to your door. Go to tecovas.com and find your new favorite pair of boots today. Hunting boots are a critical component of any successful hunt. Whether walking a short distance to your blind or trudging miles through rugged terrain, your feet are carrying the load. Without the right boots, you could give up early and lose out on that trophy just over the ridge. At Midway USA, we make selecting boots for your next hunt easier. With just a few clicks of a mouse, you can decide on what's important, like waterproofing, insulation, size, width, and savings. For just about everything for shooting, hunting, and the outdoors, check out MidwayUSA.com. At Midway USA, we know the AR-15 is one of the most popular rifles in modern American history. Known for its modularity and widespread use, it's often considered essential to any gun collection. The essential things you need to run an AR-15 are usually always in stock during shortages, things like magazines and 5.56 ammo. Whether you're looking to buy a new AR-15 or buy parts for your modern sporting rifle, log on and for just about everything for the outdoors, shop MidwayUSA.com. Welcome to the Whitetail Legacy Podcast. My beautiful voice coming right at you because we don't have an intro yet. We're working on that. Anyways, we got Jordan Spencer in tonight. He's traveling down from us to do some fishing uh, videos for Hank Parker, and we're lucky enough to have him in studio. So we're going to get... Well, go ahead. I'm really glad to hear your beautiful voice because you've been you've been down the last couple of days. Yeah, uh, I've I've had few food poisoning the last couple of days, and we're so dedicated to this podcast. We're still sending this out. We did want to miss Jordan being in town, so uh, I was in the ER for like six hours yesterday, and here I am recording podcast tonight. So, a couple of bush lights would have probably fixed everything. Yeah. Uh, this would be a no beer podcast for me, just playing it safe. And me and homie got turkey hunting to do in the morning anyways. We're going to get homie on a bird, get one down for him. Right on. So that's that's the game plan, but we're going to get right into our sponsors. What what are you going to be using tomorrow to call on that, that thunder chicken? I'm going to be using a little glass on glass from ECW Hunting Calls. Mm, nice. It's got a Whitetail Legacy podcast logo on it. It's custom made. Handmade by a veteran, and it's not mass produced. It's just one, one kind. What, what do you say? I mean, it's it's unique. It's obviously unique. Yeah, at a great cost too. Yeah, I mean, twenty dollars for a custom call that's made in America by a veteran. Yep. I mean, I don't even know how you get better than that, and I think it's impossible. You know, no, no know, two calls are the same. I know my bird was two fifty three hundred yards. And he came right in. 
silent. Telling you that that thing has got some volume. Yeah, the ports that he has on the back, is, he's doing real good. I can't wait to get get one of those custom wood uh, grunt tubes and try it out this fall. Yeah, uh, I was thinking about maybe just getting a, a duck call just just to have one because they to look pretty Aiden, cool too. Just to let Aiden blow it, right? <laughs> He'd love that. <laughs> I would say he's he's finally got the crow call figured out. To, he knows like to blow it now. Um, before he was just like making the sound with his voice and he had the call in his mouth. <laughs> but now he's finally got it figured out that he has to blow into it. So the, the duck call would be a great addition. Yeah. The wife would. probably won't well, approve. My wife would love it. So, <laughs> so uh, Ingram's Outdoor Obsession. I, he came and got the bird from my house. Well, how, how good of a taxidermy it is. So when he drives to your house personally and picks up your bird, for, for the mount so that is some service right it is there. super service and i'm getting uh kind of something unique to it i'm going to have a european skull turkey mount that's how good his euro mounts are yeah i'm getting a european skull turkey mount on my my white or my turkey fan so are, are you doing the wings or just the fan the beard just the fan and the beard and the skull and the spurs gotcha so. doing the whole the whole like scaly leg part? No, just the spurs. Just the spurs. Just the spurs on rope is what I talked to him. He said he could do whatever I wanted, but he had shared one like that, and I really, I really like that. Just how simple it is. And just the spurs. Just the spurs. Gotcha. So, I say I, I seen the one that had the fan, and then it had the wings too on yeah. it. I mean. It, if you put that on a wall, that's going to take up some space. Mm-hmm. I mean, it's long. I'm hoping to put this wide. in the studio, and we're running out of wall space fast. We are. We. Need, I mean, you're going to talk. You're talking about putting two deer out yeah, here. We ain't got uh, no. Yeah. I mean, one thing that's not moving is the beer fridge. I can tell you that right now. <laughs> yeah. And the wolf. The wolf. Puzzle. The wolf puzzle. It ain't going nowhere. And I guess we can't move the window. We're kind of limited on yeah. that. Yeah. Other than that, it's good to go. We're what just, if we just put the. Um, the drop time buck, right, right, right there right by there. the beer fridge. Yeah, yeah, that sounds just like be a good in spot. your face right when you walk in the studio. Yeah, I cannot wait to see that deer done. That is going to be super sick. Six and a half inch drops on a one fifties frame eight pointer. That's going to be stellar. <laughs> <laughs> We're going to get right into the VIP veteran broadhead. Uh, you guys will be able to hear the episode that we did with them. What episode number is that, homie? Uh, that'll be 25. Okay. So if you guys haven't heard that one, you're listening to this one, make sure and go back and listen to episode 25. If you have any curiosity about what broadhead to shoot this year, after you listen to that episode, you're, you're going to go with the veteran a hundred percent. Uh, it's not only what he's doing for veterans with the broadhead after it's, you know, what he's doing right now for, for veterans with the money that he's making off this broadhead. It's it's hands down. It's more than me and homie thought he was doing, and uh, we can't say enough about him. I would say he's doing a lot. I don't even know how he's making any money. He's doing so much for other people other than, other than himself, and it's really, really respectable what he's doing. Uh, he's also got some other products out. Um, you can look them up at Veteran, Veteran IP. Yeah. Or is it Veteran Innovative Products? Yeah, it's veteranip.com, veteran yeah. I think. Veteranip.com. Yeah, he's got a hog log out. Uh, he said it draws the hogs in to one area like crazy. And yeah. it helps them stay. Helps like, them stay, and then it won't they won't tear up as yeah. much ground because they'll be focusing on this one spot. He said they had 50, 
50 feeders on that farm and they had three hog logs and they would all almost always see hogs at that hog log every time they hunted. So, I mean, and that's something we don't have hogs up here. So that's something we can't use, but I think they're coming. Yeah. I, I guess they're in the Southern part. We're, uh, this, this guy is the creator of the guillotine too. So yeah. he's, he's got the guillotine and he's got an Adam Broadhead. Yeah. Uh, I, I can't Adam Broadhead wait. looks wicked. Yeah. I cannot wait to get a guillotine though, dude. Next year. I'm going for it. Just going to cut some heads. I'm just going to try to cut a head off. I'll probably clean miss, but <laughs> I got four inches. That's a f- Dude, full, I mean, full four inch I'm thinking, cut. I'm thinking eight yards. It should be no problem. Eight <laughs> yards. <laughs> yeah. the bird, my bird this year would have got that close, so I would have been all right. I should have done it. But All right, we're going to get right into our VIP veteran broadhead shout out. We got uh, David Cagle. Um, he was a sergeant. In the United States Air Force from 1998, and he's still in currently today. He is stationed at Little Rock uh, Air Force Base in Arkansas. Um, he also runs American Veteran Outdoors Facebook page. Any veterans out there that uh, wanna wanna message him? Um, he runs hunts for veterans, uh, fish fishing for veterans. Um, message him. Check out that Facebook page. He's doing a lot, lot for. Uh, active duty and veterans. So we can't thank you enough for your service from uh, me, my family, and the Whitetail Legacy crew. Um, David David Cagle, we salute you, man. Thank, right. uh, thank you, Dave. All right, guys, we got Jordan Spencer. That's right, how you say it, right, Spencer? Yep, All right, we Spencer. got Jordan Spencer in studio. Thanks for coming down, man. We yeah, appreciate man. it. I appreciate you having me on. Right, where are you from, Jordan? I'm from Florida, but uh, currently living in Michigan right now. I know. I seen. I think I seen on your Facebook that you were from Florida, but then you had videos of snow. So I was like, "What's going on here?" So, yeah. See, I do the videos of snow because that's all still crazy new to me. Yeah, right? I get. And two weeks ago, we get snow, and I'm like, "Man, snow in April? What are we doing? I'm supposed to be turkey hunting. I don't want to scout birds in snow." <laughs> right. Yeah. yeah. So we were lucky enough to catch Jordan while he's down here filming some stuff in our area. Um, this has been in the work for quite a few months, so we're grateful him to give us time in studio. We always love in studio guests. Seems like we get a lot more detail out of them, and then on the on the after recording, we get a lot more details too. <laughs> right? So it's a lot of fun. But let's get right into it. Um, what do you actually do with with your filming? Just kind of give us the basics of what you're doing as of right now. Yeah, so I'm called a freelance field producer, and what that pretty much means is um, I put my name out to several different shows when I first started, and um, told them I could come and film a hunt for them. It's a it's it's set up as like a day rate when you're a freelance field producer. So you'll you'll get a call from a show and they'll say, hey, you know, I got a I got a hunt in Illinois coming up, and uh, I need a camera guy for seven days. Can you be there? And that's pretty much the way it goes. You're not tied to anybody, um, and you kind of get to pick and choose who you want to film for and with and uh, and go from there. So it's nice. And having a full-time job, I'm not ready to jump into it completely yet. And uh, being the freelance guy, you know, I pick a couple good hunts a year and go and film for a few different shows. So when you do the freelance, do uh, are you bringing all your own equipment, or will they have certain equipment that they they want you to use or yeah it's both like you start off thinking you need all this equipment right and um 
I have equipment now. I have some from really nice equipment now that I've built up. But last year, I pretty much used everybody else's stuff. Uh, when I filmed for the Parkers, they have their own stuff. Um, even with Red Air, I used a little bit of my stuff. But they also have sponsors like TACCAM and different things that you got to use. And um, some of the other shows, they, they just sent me a camera and said, hey, this is the camera we want you to use because that's what they go and edit in. And the post-production side of it, they know the colors of that. They know the code for that for that camera, and so it makes it easier on them. I see. Um, um, you are the, the camera guy for the White Tail Legacy podcast. We'll just say that. Um, <laughs> I just bought a Tacticam, mm-hmm. and I've used it turkey hunting this year. Um, I just want to get your opinion on how good you think uh, Tacticam is. I love Tacticams for for that POV type camera and even Tacticam in my opinion is probably the best for kill shots um, from a different angle. Uh, the way that they built that and that kind of long cylinder shape seems to really help with that shock vibration of, of gun or bow. We've used it quite a bit and used it for kill shots. My favorite thing right now with Tacticams is kind of having a little bit of an over the shoulder look with it too. Um, where you can have that with them being 4k you can have it back kind of on the hunter and then crop in for the kill shot too and it just gives a nice second angle especially for anybody self-filming i think it's it's really good to have yeah right i would say cody and i you know we did our filming this past year and one thing we didn't do was get our kill shots on film but you know we got we got the deer coming in and i got my deer going out a little bit um Cody, Cody, yeah, Cody was just too pumped to get his going out. But if we would have had a tactic him then, we would have got that, and we would have just made you know it all come together a little bit more than we did. So, right. So um, first rule is get the kill shot on belt, right? That's that's the number one thing I have to do. (laughs) Mm -hmm. But yeah, it happens, and you get in um, in positions where you're in tight windows, or you know where this deer is, and you're going and hanging and hunting. Because uh, you got a certain wind or temperature drop or whatever it is, and you don't have brush cleared out, and it's hard, right? So that tact cam is going to help with that. Okay. Well, I feel better about it now. I know mm-hmm. I, I I've taken some film with it. You know, uh, had some turkeys gobbling. I know they're getting closer, and you know I'm just out there raw dogging. So you know when they get about 80 yards away, I, you know where I think they're about 80 yards, I'm a, I hit my tact cam, turn it on, and you know I get all set up and ready and then I just go back and I, you know, I get them on film or whatever. And then I go back home and I watch it on my computer. And the first time that I watched the Tacticam video, I was blown away by how mm-hmm. great the film was. Yeah, no, like I said, they're awesome. Especially like for duck hunters and geese hunters and stuff like that. Some of the footage these guys get with Tacticams are, are really, really good. I mean, I just watched a, uh, a video the other day, like, kip posted from red arrow uh, about the tact cam and he's like hey man i don't even think i need a camera guy anymore like, <laughs> and josh his, his producer like grabs the tact cam and throws it in the pond and he's like no you still need it <laughs> but they they are good and they they actually have a new one coming out uh 5.0 that's uh supposed to be you supposed know, to be able really, to Facebook really live on that thing. That's what I heard. Yeah, you're supposed <laughs> to just be able to go live right through it, through the that's Wi-Fi cool. and through their app. So I'm excited to see that one. Yeah, that'd be neat. So, next question I got: uh, What uh, was there a time when you decided that filming wasn't just going to be a hobby and you were going to actually pursue this 
and try to make some money on it? And, you know, what, what made you take that route? Yeah. Um, it's still kind of a hobby. It feels like it's just fun. You know, you're out filming a hunt and at the end of the day you get a check and it's like, man, I want to continue to do this. Right. But I was, uh, I was a guide in Florida. And, uh, before that we, we had a little handy cam, we'd fill up, film our hunts and stuff, you know, and, and, um, I was a guide in Florida and we had, uh, a father and two kids come down that wanted to uh, do a pig hunt with us. And he asked if I could film it. And I was like, yeah, I, I guess I got this cheap camera. I have no idea what I'm doing. And, um, anyways, uh, two of the kids killed, uh, the dad, just, he had chances to kill pigs, but he just didn't. He said it was more about the hunt with his kids than anything. And, and then uh, I went back and edited it like an iMovie, and it was the first thing I've ever edited before. And I was just watching YouTube videos on how to edit. Like, each clip had to figure everything out. It took forever. But I sent it to him, and the family was, like, blown away, happy about it. And it was cool to me seeing that there was more to the story now that we were able to put together for this family. So I started pursuing it a little bit more from there. Um but I really didn't know what to do or how to do, right? How do you start filming and, and try and get in this industry? And uh, I, through research, I, was, I found this place called Film the Hunt. It's uh, two guys, Nick and Tom, that uh, have a show on, I believe, Sportsman Channel. Yeah, Sportsman Channel called Become One. And they have a school where you can go and do a field producer school with them. And it's a four-day school, and they take you, they run you through everything of how to go film for an outdoor show and once I did that it kind of took off I, I kind of just committed to it from there once I decided to pay for that school and go take it and just committed to it and and uh it's one thing led to another and it's just blown up now what was the name of that show uh become one yeah they're great guys check out you gotta check out their show it's on sportsman channel um their stuff is awesome and uh but their film the hunt is where people can go and uh, sign up for these classes and they do editing uh, classes they do you know the field production classes and for me having a full-time job it wasn't like I'd go to school nobody offers night classes for anything like that right and plus they're in the industry that I was trying to get into so it really worked out well and uh, you you leave that that school ready to go film a hunt for a show it's it's really cool so I would suggest anybody looking to get into it to maybe look at that route that's neat i didn't I, i've seen like some offers out there of like a couple day you know film things that people put out you know and that's something i've thought about doing just just for myself to learn because there's that's with everything it's it's getting finding the knowledge you know you can look on youtube all you want but a, a guy that already knows what he's doing can sit down and say this is how to do it yeah and you know you know so yeah i walked into that class having no idea what i was doing just trying to figure it out, just know that I had a desire to do it, and I wanted to give it a shot and see what it was all about, and took that class, and I left left there, and it wasn't but a few months before I booked my first show, my first gig for a network show on Sportsman. How nerve-wracking was that? It was nerve-wracking, but it was, there was so much going on at the time that it was just going, you're just doing your job, and because of that school, I knew what to do, even though now I look back and I was like, man, I sucked. <laughs> like now, knowing what yeah. I know now, right? You mm -hmm. you continue to grow and build, but it was for a show called Conquest 200. Uh, they make Evercom sense, and I was filming at that farm, 
and um dave voise is was the producer of that show they're they're um they just finished their last season but he really helped me out a lot and kind of walked me through some things but but that class was able to get me to that point so it was it was pretty cool but you're filming the getting back to how nervous i was it i'm we're going and it was the most nerve-wracking day on the farm because he's a he's a deer farmer and that's how he collects these scent and he's he's darting these deer to collect semen out of these largest bucks and it's there's so many things that can go wrong (laughs) and i'm like i'm like man i'm sitting here with a two-year-old deer named bruce that's a 210 inch deer on this table and i'm filming over top and he's like i don't know if you want to be there move because if he wakes up and they one of his tines are (laughs) <laughs> right between my legs i'm yeah. still on top of this table he's like that's a pretty good point yeah. Oh, and then yeah like i said dave voise helped me out a lot he's like man just you know what you're doing be free out here and move around so it was nerve-wracking but the people are 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 so good and you know they've been doing it for a while it, it became pretty easy quick yeah i've watched that conquest 200 quite a bit so it's kind of cool to see that side of of the deer scent side but what'd you have homie um, so you said you're from Florida. Were you born and raised in Florida? No, I was born in Maryland, but we moved there when I was two or three. So was, I was raised in Florida. Right. Um, how much hunting have you actually done in, in your life? Oh, I, I mean, I don't know. I was a fisherman growing up. Fisherman growing up? Okay. Yeah, I, I started, I didn't start hunting until probably my teens, really. So, okay. Fishing or hunting either way. Mm-hmm. Um. My question is, is filming just as fun as actually fishing or hunting to you now? No. No? (laughs) Pulling the trigger is always more fun, right? Um, When you become a camera guy and you get into this, your your hunting goes way down. But at the end of the day, you're, you're in a field that you love, and it is a lot of fun, right? And it's, it's a passion that you want to try and get better at and there's more that comes out of it than just you know being out in the woods and filming the people you meet and the connections you get are are really really good and you you build these friendships but yeah I'd always probably rather pull the trigger what's fun about the camera side of it to me is every hunt I go on I'm trying to find what the story is so that's my thought process behind the camera when I'm filming where where's the story at now because go back to Conquest Scent, they've been filming on this farm for, you know, four years. Their show was on Sportsman, and it's almost the same thing every year. They're going through their routine, and they're, they're farmers, you know. And to me, I'm sitting there looking like, okay, well, how can I make this a little bit different? What's Where's the story at in today's hunt or today's day on the farm? So so that's kind of challenging, and that's fun, and that's a different kind of excitement when you, you hit something good. Right, so it's like you're on day one, but everybody else is on day 492, and that's where you need to be Yeah, on the first day. Right. Yeah, that would be a challenge. Yeah, I, that's, that, I like that you said that because when I watch a hunting video, that's what I try and, I'm trying to relate to the story. Mm-hmm. And sometimes I like, uh, I don't know if you've seen Blood Origins or not, but that's it's just a story, and there's yeah. no hunting at all. Yeah. And I like that almost as just as much as you know, watching a kill shot. I think it's just some people relate to, I relate, I relate to personalities and the story. I don't care if it's a 110 inch buck or 200 inch buck. If it has an awesome story and you filmed it, I I like it a lot better, you know? 
And that's something that I need to learn how to do is how to tie in and make a story out of something, you know, which is next level to me. (laughs) Yes, it's it's not that far. You're not that far away from it, right? So we go back to number one rule to get the kill shot done, right? Yeah. That's kind of, they. you got to have the kill shot filmed. But you're you're there. You're you're going through the story there. You just got to capture the footage to help tell that story, the supporting footage, right, or the B-roll. So when you're there and it's a hot day, you know, you want to get some clips of maybe the sun or or whatever it is to show that you're hot, you know, sweat beating off somebody's face. You know, some of those things that you're already going through and you're talking about it, you just want to find the footage to support that story. Then it's a lot easier to tell the story because you have those clips. Yeah, Yeah, we found out... uh good section of b-roll is good for about two weeks here in the midwest because i mean you get like really green and you get less green then you have nothing and then you got some snow so about two weeks you need to update the b-roll right yeah (laughs) yeah you you got to shoot b-roll pretty much every day for that hunt and the thing goes back to as far as just listening as the camera guy you got to listen to what the hunter's talking about because they might talk about um whatever it is, a certain sign that they were seeing when they were walking in the woods or why they picked that tree to hang and hunt that day, you know, and you want to have some of the, some of that supporting footage for what they, those guys are, are talking about to tell that story. I see. So that, that we had a listener, uh, wanted to ask this question. We put out a feeler on a couple guys and he wanted to know how many hunts does it take to get a full episode on average? Oh man. That that's tough. I think um, I think Nick and and Tom and them in that class said it could be like forty hours for a twenty three minute or twenty two minute episode. Wow. Um, it just really depends. You know, it, 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 I guess it just depends on the hunt. Um, last year when we were in Kentucky uh, with with the Parkers, um, Catfish and his wife Laura, um, she killed on the second day. I think. Um, and then he didn't get a kill, but we had a lot of, a lot of decent encounters on young bucks. And there's a lot going on in that hunt as far as, um, us moving from stand to stand and trying different spots. And we were, you know, we were chasing a big deer and, uh, you got a week to do it. And we're trying to get this velvet buck down. And, um, so there was a lot of footage that was, that was burned on that, that trip, um, just to make that one episode, even though she got a kill on the second day, um, they're going to have to go through a lot of stuff to get that 22, 22 minutes or so. Yeah. Most people that I've talked to say it takes about um, five to seven days to edit an episode wow. for network television. Now, the, those guys, you know, they've been doing it for a long time. They're probably close to that four or five day, but... Me, I'm probably close to that seven day right yeah. now. <laughs> so it takes you about seven days to edit a 23 minute. Yeah, man, that's insane. Yeah, it, t- it takes a while between everything that goes into building that story, and then you throw that first one away because you're like, that sucks, and you start over. And then with your color grading and different things that you put into it, um, and sponsors that you're plugging that you're going to add or whatever it is, it, it takes some time. Yeah. It's cool to to get to feel this guy's like this side of the story. Yeah. So next time I'm watching a hunt video, I'm be like, man, this cameraman is just working his ass off right, <laughs> right. now. He's getting no recognition at all, you know. <laughs> but he's just, you know, he's got forty hours of film nonstop that he's filming. 
He's got to make sure the batteries are good, make sure he's packing all the shit in. You know, all the stress is on him to get everything on film to make someone happy. And then after that, he's got to take it and spend seven days editing it. for, And then you send them a 20-minute. I mean, that almost, like, would burn my ass. I got 40 <laughs> hours of film. Here's 20 minutes of the good stuff, man, you know? Yeah. Just burned up, like, eight thirty-two gigs. No, what helps with it is... Um, the guys that know how to edit, they know what shots to get when you're in the field. And like you're saying, as a camera guy, you got all those responsibilities and you're the first, you know, you're one of the first ones up and you're the last one to go to bed. Cause after the hunter goes to bed, you got to dump all this footage and back it up. And that's going to take an hour extra each night. So I love early season because everyone sleeps in early season. Yeah. <laughs> so, I love it right before the time change because, like here, we can sleep into like six thirty, be in the stand right before daylight. So you don't you don't really get up too extra early. I mean, it's later than going to work for me. So, but then when that time changes, man, it, it starts getting rough. Yeah, it, it, it's definitely tough sometimes, and especially if you're you're in a place where you're not seeing much. Um, keep going or. Oh, yeah. Okay. Yeah, we just had Jake Rask come in studio. No need to repeat. That <laughs> <laughs> ease. So, yeah, but um, when you get to where you're on day, you know, five, six, seven into the hunt, you know, it starts getting a little bit tougher each day. But at the end of the day, you're hunting and you're in camp and you're with a bunch of guys you want to hang out with. So it's fun. You don't ever want to break it down hourly to what you're making because, uh, you know, you got long hours, but at the end of the day, you're having fun. I mean, you're out in the woods, you're you're hanging out with these guys that are just cool, down-to-earth guys that um, want to see you succeed just as much as they are. So it's a lot of fun. That's good. Um, Cody just mentioned that, you know, the cameraman doesn't get any credit, and usually when he does, it's like... the the guy who's hunting's brother or something, you know, mm-hmm. I got my brother behind the camera today or something, you know, cool like that. But my question is, have you ever doubled up as a cameraman? Like, have you ever filmed somebody shooting a buck and then you guys like swap bows or swap camera and then, and then you get one down? Yeah. Not for a show. Not I have show. Um, but the, the whole thing with camera guys not getting the credit too, I think that you're going to see that kind of fade more and more away. When it first started, it was like they were trying to do it to where a camera guy wasn't there, right? They wanted you to feel like you were there, but a camera guy wasn't there. And that's what's neat about uh, Tom and Nick's show. They highlight their camera guys. You almost see a camera guy on every one of their episodes, um, which helps with their school, obviously, but that's kind of neat. It's More people are like, hey, there, there's camera guys here, and you see more and more um camera guys in it but double up on for a network show no i haven't one of the shows i filmed for um was was tom and nick's show in illinois now it's two years ago they had a hunt learn compete event there and um so you have a camera guy and then a hunter and and they you guys pick who it is but um it's a challenge and there there's teams there and there was a, a group there that doubled up and it was it was pretty neat deal there show that come back and play that footage at night how they you know swap you know get down here's your bow and get back up and then it wasn't if i guess 15 20 minutes later another shooter comes out 150 plus and he <laughs> shot it so it's, nice. it's pretty cool when you can do that it, it's cool yeah 
You got one. Turkey <laughs> hunt's probably the easiest to do. Yeah, you can on. double up on turkey hunt. Not, you know, pretty easy. Yeah, it's like either it's almost in the bag or it's not going to happen. Yeah. I mean, are them turkeys staying around, you know, beating the shit out of the turkey that just got shot? Or most of the time, most of the time beating, yeah. You know? Yeah, that's when it happens most of the time. It's when you have two long beards come in. Or up here, y'all call them toms, right? Yeah. You got yeah. two toms come in. Yeah. Walking paintbrush. Yeah. <laughs> Thunder Gross. chicken. Chicken of the woods. <laughs> <laughs> so uh we had a guy who wanted to know if if someone wanted to get into filming what would be a good camera that you'd suggest that you could get some good quality stuff down but not you know completely crush your bank account or if you just can't you know put put a beat on a camera you know it just uh highlight some features that you would want to look for in a camera first thing would be manual focus if you're a deer hunter you're gonna have to have manual focus um, I don't, I don't know how you can do it without, especially here, man, Illinois, and they're walking through that thick stuff that you guys have here. You got to be able to get on that deer and have, be in focus. Um, for somebody that's wanting to get in and just film, like, like you were saying, Cody, you and you know, your dad and stuff, that's just a budget thing. Um, you decide what your budget is and go from there. I would suggest, you know, there, there's handy cams you can get for three to five hundred dollars, six hundred dollars, something like that. But I would say save a couple more hundred dollars and buy something off Amazon or I mean uh, eBay. Like uh, one one I really like is a Sony um, X70. It's a it has the manual features that you need. You can get it in 4K too, and you can get them around thousand dollars. I think right now twelve hundred dollars on eBay. Um, there's one I believe it's an uh, it's a 100 uh, Sony X100 that you can get around 800. That's um, it's it's pretty much the same body camera, but it doesn't have the uh, audio hookups that the other one has. But it would still be a really really good camera. So it's just a budget to me. I would look at what your budget is and uh, determine um, from there. Do some you know watch some YouTube stuff and different things and and go from there. Yep, we've done plenty of that. Um, yeah. Uh, what just I don't know I don't know if I'm the only guy that doesn't know this, but what can you explain the difference from 4K and 1080p? So it's going to be the size of the image that that camera is capturing. So your 1080p is going to be your 1920 by whatever it is. I'm 1080, I guess. I'm drawing yeah. blank right now, but and then your your 4K is going to double that. So what what's that going to do is, is when you're filming when you're a solo hunter. If you can get a 4K, I would highly suggest getting a 4K because you don't have to you don't have to zoom so far in on that deer to be able to crop it in and post to have that good kill shot. Why are you breathing so heavy? Were you running here? <laughs> <laughs> I, don't, I, don't, I, don't, I haven't had a drink in a minute. <laughs> thinking about it <laughs> I, I looked around for a second i thought you had your pugs with you <laughs> <sighs> okay we're good yeah but yeah your 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 1080 to your your 4k is gonna double that so you're gonna be when you have your 4k you're gonna be able to zoom in twice as much to get that footage so going back to the tact cam standard filming is 4k correct with the Tacticam, it yeah. has 4K features. Has 4K features. Okay. I I don't know. I believe when you ha- pull it out of the box, um, I think I think it's set up in 1080p. At least mine was. Okay, I'm gonna say because it, it's got three settings. It's got the standard, it's got the zoom, and it's got the slow mo. 
Yeah, so when you click the click to change it between, I think, the blue, the purple, or whatever. Yeah, the, the, mm-hmm. it goes green, blue, and then purple. Right, right. So is the green the 4K or? Green's just going to be filming. That's just me. That just means you're filming it. So from there, you would change it in your settings to what you're filming in um, 1080p or 2.7K or 4K. Okay. I really like the 2.7K on the on the Tacticam. Okay. Um, I don't hardly ever use 4K on that. And not that it's not really good. I just like the the color on that 2.7K and, and it takes up less space when it's on the card and you're not having to dump as much file afterwards i was i'm still trying to figure it out hopefully a couple kill shots and i'll get her get her dialed in yeah what were you filming in today when i caught more fish in you (laughs) i was last night too i was filming (laughs) so when you caught more fish than me today i can't i can't lie about that i mean you could say fish stories but we're gonna produce that as a show and they're gonna see that you were reeling in every fish and then after i missed it you're like oh here i'll catch them (laughs) but i was filming on my bigger camera i was filming actually in 4k um and then the gopro i have on uh 2.7k that i was wearing on my chest so that's just more color features is that what you're saying no i just i for no that's just the image size feature um i just like the image and what I the detail I see on the 2.7K. Not that you're not getting it from the 4K, and you should get more from it. It's just for me and what I'm doing and putting it up on YouTube. I just don't feel like I need to film in 4K yet. From somebody that's been on the other end of it that doesn't know anything, and actually seen the footage of when Jordan was here filming when we had the, the celebrity hunt this fall, whatever he was filming in at that point was awesome. I mean, and how he did it was amazing because you could, like that that when Matt was trying to close out, close yeah. out the 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 hunt. I guess you could, I guess the, the series, the hunt, whatever. But when that big buck come in chasing that doe, and he's he's on it. I mean, you can see everything. Yeah, so that actually was uh, Matt Light that we were filming that hunt for. He's called an honorary buck man, a part of Buck Commander, and. Um, that was one where they sent me the camera and uh that was a sony x70 the one i talked about earlier and that was just filmed in regular 1080p there is no 4k on that at all but that's where it comes into the manual focus on that because if we didn't have manual focus on there you wouldn't have seen that deer or that detail because there was so much brush between us and that deer and he's right on it i mean it's the ending credits whether that ever shows up anywhere or not yeah where where is it at i want to see it it zooms (laughs) well i i can't show that and you're kind of throwing me under the bus saying that you seen it but but matt if i I did see it it this what happened was matt was reviewing the footage to make sure i was doing a good job that's how you seen it right it's, yeah, <laughs> <laughs> Matt was giving it. No, that's Matt. Um, so Matt Light and I were wrapping up the last day of the hunt, and we've seen shooters every day. And we're actually doing the exiting interview for this week's hunt here in Illinois. And uh, so Matt's talking to me, and I have him in the, the right third of the camera, which we could talk about that too if you want. But um, we see the doe walking behind him in the frame. As he's doing his exiting interview, and he goes, big buck, big buck, big buck. He just happens to see it. 
and he comes back and he comes to full and straw or full draw and uh then i get in on that deer and that's what uh jake's talking about here we get in on that deer and we see that deer kind of turn and walk away never knew we were there he's just following this doe and it it was probably it was probably close to 165 maybe 170 and it was two steps away from him finishing this thing off and but yeah that's where the uh what jake's talking about is is it wasn't a 4k footage it was regular 1080p but being able to get in and get focused on it really quick so manual focus is manual focus is is maybe not maybe not fork up for the 4k right now but make sure you have manual focus because i noticed that the 4ks are like 300 bucks more i mean yeah on average is what i've been figuring out so yeah and nobody airs in 4k right i think pursuit channel starting to do some stuff their their quality's getting really really good but um nobody airs in 4k what's going to be nice is in the future three five years from now if you have that footage you want you want to go back and do a highlight reel or you want to pull a a hunt back say matt light comes back here you know next year or the year from there and we want to go back and say hey this was his hunt before hopefully closes the deal this time and maybe i wasn't able to get in tight on that deer that you'd be able to you know crop in from there i see so if you can if you can swing it i would say get the 4k but if you can't i'm not by no means do you need it right now and i haven't like i said i wasn't they didn't even want me to film in 4k for that i only filmed in 4k for our b-roll stuff and i don't film in um i film in 4k for the parkers but like red arrow um we didn't we filmed some in 4k but not everything in 4k let's see let's get back let's talk about that third of the camera thing that you were talking about that interested me so yeah so um what it is is I know your viewers can't see it, but I'll try and explain it to you here. Um, so when you look at your 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 screen on your camera, you're gonna put two lines in there to where you'll have, have actually three separate boxes. Okay, so you'll have a right third, a center, and then a left third. And uh, depending on where they're at in the tree or who you're interviewing, um, you you want to keep them kind of in the right third or left third for most of your shots if you're doing interview or, or even deer if a deer is walking to your left you want to keep him in the right third so you have room to catch up for, with him if he's you know starts to trot or anything like that uh, turkeys you know turkeys move back and forth especially when they're coming in decoy you want to keep them on a, a, a left or right third so you have room to keep them in the frame um, I, I go back to center frame stuff where you have a person right in center of the frame looking at the camera. I use that shot if someone's trying to explain something educational to you where it's a purpose like he's talking directly to you. But everything else um, pretty much in the field, in the stand, turkey woods, on animals is always on either left or right third. Nice. Hopefully they understand what – I mean, showing it to you is a lot easier, right? But yeah. you're pretty much just – making three separate little squares on your screen that you're filming with and you making know, sure that you have room to pan if something's moving on because exactly. that was one of the biggest challenges me is first of all our tree arm sucked but yeah. we're that's one thing we want what do you what do you use for a tree arm what do you like to use for um my buddy has a axis tree arm which is really good um for solo hunters okay so um if you're a solo hunter, I'd really look into that. It's it's a tree arm that attaches above your head, and it comes down in front of your face pretty much. 
and then it has a, a, a to where you can pan and tilt and all that and it makes it really easy for solo hunters but fourth arrows ball yeah. setup for a camera guys really really simple and really easy to use in the dark that's as well that's where we both gonna buy fourth arrows this year was the plan is there a huge difference between the regular and the carbon it just weighted your camera just the weight okay yeah um and the weight packing in what, which, what which you, sounds what do you say your buddy's camera axis 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 camera arms okay yeah so a couple episodes ago well actually about four or five episodes on we had matt and alex on from the rise uh shout out matt with badass intro to you guys' videos <laughs> um they were talking about not being like super zoomed in on the animal, just like yeah. you were saying, you know, keep it in that third that way, especially when you're self filming. Um, that way, you know, you can go to full draw and still hopefully keep that animal within your, your view on your camera. Mm-hmm. Because obviously when you're full draw, you're not gonna be able to move your camera. So that was one thing that I learned from them. And then, you know, you, you dividing it into three sections especially doing interviews and stuff like I know I tried to do a little bit of that maybe not necessarily three but I just tried to be like half screen mm-hmm. yeah that's during good. my interviews better than center so that's right good. so um with what you're talking about there also we call it wide medium and tights um one of the the mistakes a lot of uh camera guys make as far as like um, YouTube camera, uh, you know, hunts and stuff like that is they zoom in and out so much to where it almost makes you sick. And what you're, what you're really just trying to accomplish is establishing that deer, maybe in a tight shot where you're zoomed in. And then you want a shot where it's halfway between you and the animal. And then you want a shot all the way out so they can see the true distance. And, um, those are the, the three shots you want to get, not to where you're zooming in and out, zooming in and out. Cause it's just hard to watch for me. What'd you call that? Tight? What? And medium? Wide, medium, and tights. Wide, medium, and tight. Yep. Man, we're really learning a lot here. Yeah, I know. <laughs> this is awesome. I'm On lear- a different I- subject. We can learn. You and I could learn something today. Is that a coon skull? Yep. Yeah. That's what we've seen. It's today. Got one tooth. We found one of them little bastards mush- attempting to find mushrooms today. Yeah. Yeah, I, I got it was maybe that or the neighbor's cat. I wasn't sure. <laughs> Our taxidermist sponsor. We got. I got. A beaver skull, a coon skull, and a turkey skull. I'm gonna get all European and done up. He's got beetles, and then he does them all. So we we'll have a bunch of skulls in here. That's and sweet. So, so when you no, no, the beetles. <laughs> <laughs> Who's the taxidermist sponsor? You got to plug him, Chris Ingram. Yeah, we yeah. plug him in the intro. He's he's awesome. He's been with us since like episode 10. nine nine yeah. yeah he's nine or ten super cool he's got three deer up there from this year from us uh, a turkey yeah a I, beaver skull a coon skull i got him oh a i, I met him last year down here didn't i no it was jerry Payne. oh you met jerry Payne. yeah Sorry. he's also another guy he's just a little bit higher priced than chris yeah. is all but and chris i've been friends with him for a long time and he's he's doing badass stuff he's gonna be he's gonna be pushing everybody's envelope on taxidermist soon i mean he's, yeah he's going next level on some stuff but we'll get uh let's go let's talk about your personal youtube you wanted to highlight that didn't you oh uh, well um i i just kind of started doing more youtube stuff and and really um the reason why i started doing my personal youtube stuff was to give me more time in the editing chair 
Um, I want to be able to be more of an asset to some of these shows that I film for. So that's where I was saying earlier, if you learn to edit, I'd highly suggest doing that. It's going to help you with your filming. So I just started um, doing like, I guess you call it like a vlog type thing and film me going around Michigan and, and now film me going around some trips and, and some of the things I get into outside of uh, these guys, just family life and my own fishing and hunting trips and stuff like that. So that's that's what my YouTube is. And, and I wanted to um, to start, I guess, doing kind of like we're doing here, showing people behind the scenes as much as possible of what, it, what I do as far as getting in, into the outdoor industry and filming for people. Um, so that's what I'm going to be doing a lot, lot more of. Now, are you doing all of that stuff on this gadget here? So on my YouTube channel, this gadget here he's talking about, it's, a, it's called DJI Gimbal for your phone. It's an Osmo Mobile, I believe is what it, what it is. It's next level stuff, yes. guys. It's, <laughs> it's insane. It's, it's a gimbal to keep it to where it's really smooth and steady. And I film a lot on a lot of B-roll stuff on my phone. Any Anytime I'm in the truck, I'm filming it on my phone with this. And it just keeps it really smooth and steady. And um, But I I use, like the last thing I posted on YouTube, I used all my equipment pretty much. I, I stopped at a friend's uh, lake uh, and did some pike fishing. I was trying to do bass fishing, but I caught two pike. So. <laughs> but uh Just change the name yeah i could <laughs> i was i was trying to film some stuff for youtube and, and edit and uh um I, so i went there to go bass fish and then i couldn't catch no bass and i said forget it. i put a spoon on and caught two pike um but there i used my drone i used um i used both my cameras and what's called a rhino slider uh got some really nice time lapses and different things and and um my my last that last post that i did up there i walked through and kind of just showed everybody what what how i had it set up to film that little spot of me just fishing and and i got had the drone flying when i set the hook on one so that was pretty oh, sweet nice. and uh yeah then so it, it it's really you know i'm fortunate enough to have that equipment now but you don't you don't need it either for for what you you guys are trying to do just filming family and friends yeah. um it's just being um just having an understanding of what you're trying to accomplish that day, I guess. So getting those shots that you need to tell that story, going back to that, telling that story. What 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 we've learned over time, and we've people have talked to us, and we've got them into filming. Is you're you're hunting, and you have those memories. It's great, but when you film it, you have them forever. So like my two year old, he he got to see the buck right after I shot it. You know, he got to see the buck all the way up to I shot it turkey hunting. He got to see me turkey, you know, kill the turkey, and he gets pumped, mm -hmm. you know, and he's two and a half years old. Uh, I got to show my grandpa the turkey hunt up here in Illinois, which he'd love to travel up here and hunt with me all the time, but they just physically can't because, yeah. you know, it costs too much money to come up here and get out-of-state tags and stuff. So that's the highlight for me in filming is I get to share it with people, and it's rookie as shit, but it doesn't matter to me, and we get haters on it all the time. But yeah. it's yeah. for us, it doesn't matter because we're in it for a different reason, you know. And that's why I suggest, like you're saying, you don't need all that equipment. And, no. you know, we don't have that, but we still put stuff out. And like you said, I'm just like you said, you're learning every day. We're learning every, every time I film something, I'm like, man, I should have done this or I should have done that, you know. And it's getting a little bit better every time. But I was going to say, after you put up a tricky video, you know, I watched it and you called me and... 
asked what I thought about it, and I said, well, I thought it was badass. I would have said, I wish I, wish I would have got one like that, you know? And, you know, Not a camera we, guy, though. Yeah. That, I think I have know, a that, dedicated camera guy this year. So. Shout out. That's yeah. always Shout out the beer man. <laughs> right. Um, but, I mean, we talked for, what, 20, 25 minutes just about, you know, oh, well, I wish I would have had this, or I wish I would have had that. And then now that is something that you can just put in into your back pocket, and next time that it goes down, you be like, "Hey, we need to do this shot because I wish I had yeah. this or that." But you, know? you don't yeah. get that. You don't get that privilege of like, "Oh, I messed up." You're like, "You got to be on the money," you know yeah. what I mean? Which is, I'd be, I'd be nervous, like uh, insanely nervous about that. But no, these guys are are good to work for, man. Most of the people in the industry are great. Right. And I'm not going to say all of them are, but everybody that I film for, they're all wanting me to succeed for one because they want the good footage, but they're really just wanting me to succeed and help me. And um, there's guys I can call up producers now and, and ask advice and and they they give it to me. And I have uh, when I was here actually last year in Illinois, I called Josh, who produces Red Arrow, and I said, hey, man, I'm having trouble with this. And man, he's on the spot and helped me fix that but so like i said most of the people want you to succeed and and what what's cool even like the people that you're filming for they help you out with that too like um you're you're there doing a job for them and and you're working for them but they also have their style that they know and me i i before i went on to film for these guys i've watched a lot of their stuff so i had a good understanding of what their style is but there's times where we walk out of the woods and I'm like, man, I wish I would have got that shot or I wish mm-hmm. I would have done this. Cause you get into, especially when you're, you're running and gunning and you're at a new spot and you're hanging and hunting, you're getting to where it's like, we just need to get a, get up in a tree and get a kill. And then, but as a camera guy, you still got to make sure you get those shots to tell that story. So going back to Ingram, um, we had him in here and, you know, he, when he was just first starting out, there was like, what, a 180 or something that got brought in? Yeah. You know, so he's he's freaking out. He's like, I got to mount this 180, you know. One of my first, you know, how many first, deer did he Yeah, get? first yeah. 50 maybe. Yeah, for, we'll say with first 50 deer come in. And he's got a 180 that he's got to do. So, I mean, he's all nervous and everything. You know, he's going to mess it up. You know, the guy, you know, wants a good mount and stuff. But now that he's done enough of them and he's mm-hmm. got into it, you know, He's learned it's just from the pedicles down is what he's focused he on. He said that know. 180 looked like crap. Yeah. <laughs> Compared so, to what he's doing. You know, now. the size of the rack doesn't matter. Yeah. So what I want to ask you is is it just another hunt to you now? You know what you gotta get and get out and get on film. You know, is all the nerves and everything gone? Or is it not gone? Do you still get jacked you're... when a one seventy comes in? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I I get yeah, yeah, no, I'm just No, I still get, get a new job. I still get fired up and I and um I guess there's still nerves there, but I'm confident in what I'm doing now. And these guys reassure you too. Um it's like when I was filming with uh Hank Parker down in Texas uh back in January. That was the first time I was filming actually with Hank. So I was nervous for that trip, and I wanted to do a good job, right? And that's where the nerves come from because you want to do a good job. And um, after the second day, he's like, "Hey, let's look at some footage and oh, you know, and um, of what we filmed those first two days." And, he, and really, what he was doing was checking to make sure I was doing a good job, right? Because if I wasn't, he was going to critique me and tell me, and that's what I want, anyways. And you know, you, you put it up on the TV and you watch it, and 
you know, you get compliments back and he said I was doing a good job. And so I'm confident in my ability now, but the nerve parts come, I guess, when that he shot a 152 inch eight point down there. And when we seen it coming in, that's where the nerves part set in. Like, yeah. this is the one thing I can't mess up. <laughs> like, I can mess up him, like, drawing back and doing B-roll stuff and say, hey, we got to do that again. Or or not having my... You can't reverse yeah. the buck. <laughs> yeah. Right? Come back in again, man. Yeah. Here, so, just go out there and pick him up and we'll act like he's walking in again. <laughs> right. You're doing B, B-roll stuff and your exposure's off and you're a little hot or something like that. Um, or you're out of focus for something like that, you know, if you have to, you can redo it, which most time we try not to. Right. But when the, the nerves kick in is just like when you're hunting and you're about to go to full draw, that's, that's when the nerves kick in for the camera guy too. So with you being a freelance film, like, I mean, you're not working with just the same person over and over and over again. So does working with different people also bring the nerves into play too? No, working with different people helped because, um, for one, just as a hunter, I got to see how these guys hunt. And um, yeah, that's super cool, man. And you that, got so much knowledge just from these people that have been doing it for yeah, all so, over this. So that's nice cool, and, I, and I'm appreciative of that. And then filming for different people, I've learned so much more, you know, different ways to do it and different shots and, um, Billy and I was turkey. You got to pause that. No, no, no. Okay. we're just yeah. lining up the next one here. <laughs> so, no, Billy and I was turkey hunting uh, in Kentucky last year, and he had me do a cutaway shot um, that nobody else has had me do before. And I was like, man, that was really, really cool. Um, so you just pick things from each each person, and um, and you you kind of go from there. I've been lucky enough to where I, I've got three or four shows that I film for, and I'm not looking really for anybody else right now. And these guys, you know, continue to call me back, which is really good for me. And it's, it's people, you know, you grew up watching. So it's still like when I was going down uh, to film with, with Catfish a couple of weeks back to uh, Georgia turkey hunt, I'm on the phone with my wife, and I'm like, are you kidding me? Like, I'm about to go sit in the woods again with, you know, catfish parker and i was just with his dad and i filmed with you know real tree and red arrow and you know matt light and i'm like it's still like so humbling and i'm i still get jacked about it because these are guys i've watched right it still gets nervous too because i saw him today we actually had a monster flathead swim underneath the boat <laughs> and he froze man <laughs> look at the size of that fish and it was i mean a 70 pound fish I mean, its head was yeah. You know, that was water. not a flathead. That was a, we call them manatees in Florida. That thing was <laughs> the size of the boat. He, was, he looks down. And then to think these guys noodle them. There was no breath. He yeah. Breathe you ever done any noodling film? No. You want to? No, I don't. I don't. I don't. Oh, I don't man. care to do no noodling. <laughs> I don't know. That ain't. You ain't I mean, got a noodle, you just got to film it. Yeah, but there. do y'all have them big snapping turtles and stuff oh, up yeah. here too? Yeah, I'll stay out of the water. <laughs> I'll do it from I'll do it from the boat maybe. Cody's got a kayak, I think. <laughs> I got a 32 pounder. That's my biggest. That's not very big for people around here, but it's big enough for me. Yeah. So. But Cody, you were talking about filming um you know, you and your grandpa and you you're getting these stories um 
for you and your family. It's not just about putting a show together. It's about getting these stories. So that's one thing I suggest, man, is just start doing it. If you if you want to do it, start doing it. I think someone told me now that there's over 80% of hunters take a camera in the woods with them. So it's it's pretty neat that people are capturing all this stuff. Yeah. And for me, that's that's another reason why, you know, going back to my YouTube, um, I I did it so I can continue to to learn more and more how to edit, and I try different things when I'm editing. But also, I want other people that had a desire like me to start filming that have no direction, because I can hopefully try and help them um, in some direction of of where to start and maybe shots to get and. And I'm just I just go through my thought process of why I filmed it this way or this is what I'm using and I'm gonna do be doing a lot more. Yeah, I'll of definitely that. be checking that out. I've I have watched quite a few of your personal YouTube and uh I'd have I didn't watch the fishing one though. I wish I would have watched that mm. where you kinda showed your setup and stuff, but I do like that you're putting out a video but you're also putting a, a good meaning behind everyone that you're doing in your yeah. blog, which is super cool. Um me and homie watch it out here in, in studio, the Matt Light one. Or the Light Foundation taking yeah. taking you guys up there. Uh, he he hint, that was right before you, Jake came on the podcast, so we got to hear the story and then we got to see the full video that was on there. So oh, with any, Adam and all that. Yeah, with yeah. Adam. So if anybody that had listened to that on here about the story of Adam going to the Patriots on Jake Rast, you can see the full video. What is your YouTube? So it's Jordan Big Red Spencer. Yeah, you can Big find Red it on YouTube. there. Um, super cool video. I I like how how that all played out and. Uh, it's super, he it that guy just got I don't even like football or sports really but he got me jacked up about yeah you know what I mean it's yeah just, that that was cool for Adam because I I wasn't a Patriots fan um, but you know I was definitely pulling for him for yeah. them and now I I you know um, I wouldn't say I'm I'm necessarily a big Patriots fan by any means but I respect them and the organization and what they did for for Adam and then going to the game. And seeing, and then they actually took us to Gronk's house after the game. Yeah. And finding out, like, all this stuff these guys do outside the game and off the field. I actually just watched that again the other day, <laughs> and I get sick over it. Like, because of now what I've learned, just in that little bit of time of what I've learned on the editing side from mm-hmm. that. And that's what you're going to find when you when you continue to film and grow. And the, like you were saying, the stuff you wish you would have got. That that's going to continue to happen, and you're going to if you continue to pursue it and do more, you're going to look back at edits you did last year and be like, oh, I want to delete that right now. <laughs> yeah. But it's it's good, you know. It keeps you going, and it and it's a good way to see the progress of where you're going to. So that's exciting. But yeah, that's that's on my YouTube. Like I said, it's Jordan Big Red Spencer, and it's under like I think number one. Patriots fan Adam, it's it's a cool video, cool you, story. You picked the perfect game to film Adam <laughs> in in his natural state of watching a Patriots game, man. Yeah, I mean, Steelers just a perfect game. game. Yeah, uh, yeah, the Steelers probably won that game. <laughs> yeah, but for for us, it was it was it yeah, was perfect, it was perfect, right? Yeah. yeah. Um, but going back to what you said there, you know, Cody and I watching our film that we got this year, you know, we already, we already telling ourselves, you know, we need to get this shot. We need to do that shot or, you know, we need to not do this, you know, or, well, I mean, you're the one putting it together here, bud. Yeah. How's that going? Yeah. My editing needs a lot of work, but one thing that I will say about me and homie, just like this podcast or filming, 
if we go into something, we're like 110%, or mm-hmm. we try to be, to our limits. So filming isn't something that, you know, I'm going to do for so a what's your quest- years. So what's your questions for filming then? Well, I got, I mean, we could be here I mean, for like been, six hours. We've been secretly <laughs> just hitting you with all the questions we want to know yeah. this whole time. No, let's keep, so <laughs> here, here's some advice I got from somebody that um, kind of made one thing click for me too, as far as building a show. Um, he said you want, some of the shots you want to get are God's point of view, which is drone. Um, if you don't have a drone, you can't get it right, which is no big deal. You want a hunter's point of view. So his field of view, what he's seeing you want the animal's point of view almost back towards the hunter. And then you want um, like a bug's point of view from the ground up. And those are those shots there will help build and tell the story of where you're at and what you're, what you're I guess, trying to accomplish in that hunt. So we need 42 cameras, Cody. <laughs> <laughs> no, yeah. <laughs> yeah. No, that all doesn't take place during the actual hunt, right? Yeah, so that was another thing I was getting to. I mean, we were just here a few weeks ago talking about um, filming and, you know, well, hey, you don't have to actually get yourself drawing the bow while you're actually drawing the bow on the animal. Yeah. You can spin that camera around, you know. I mean, we're only limited to one camera right mm-hmm. now. But you can actually just spin that camera around hit the record button and you're just drawing on nothing i mean you're still jacked up pumped up after you know you knocked him down yeah and you can still recreate all that yeah without it being in the moment yeah you can recreate i would try not to recreate as much in the moment because there is a difference like when you have a shot over the shoulder of him drawing the bow and the animal in the frame to me that's one of the coolest shots and then getting on the deer right there's just different different expressions in the face when the animal is actually out there there's a lot more energy out right there too. so yeah. but everything else as far as going to the stand leaving the stand getting out of the truck you know all those type of shots um glassing you know looking around when sitting in the stand yeah you can get those those anytime you want um one thing that uh was cool too with when, with that hunt with hank parker down in texas he's been doing it for a long time longer than i've been alive and I don't know how old he is now, but Hank Parker Outdoor Magazine's been around for a long time, right? <laughs> yeah. You brought that up today. Yeah. So he's been around for a long time, right? And we were in Texas, and um, one thing he told me when we were reviewing some footage, he said, um, which we actually got, which was cool, was when that doe picks her head up, make sure you're you're going. Like, I want to see that doe pick her head up, because what's the viewer saying? He's like, he's on the couch, and he says, here comes a big buck. And I thought that was cool because after all these years, Hank's number one goal was still to make that viewer feel like he was at the hunt with them. That's cool. So he was like, anything we can do to make these viewers feel like they're here at this hunt, then uh, let's let's make sure we try and do that. So that's where some of the recreate stuff, we you know, you try not to do as, as much of it as far as in the moment type stuff. But to get that doe picking her hut up and then that big eight point walk out is... It was pretty cool, and you see exactly what he's talking about. Because everyone in camp was like, when we played it back, they're like, oh, here it comes, you know? Yeah. And that, so that's something that stuck with me, too. After all these years of doing it, he's still, like, thinking of the viewer side of it. So you've been talking a lot about Hank Parker. So kind of go into what, what it's going to be about, what we can look forward to, and where people can find it. Because I know I'm pumped to watch it. Because now I get, the you know, some background on what, what it's going to be and – so yeah so um catfish and i was having a conversation about um 
social media and YouTube and different things as far as um, wanting to be more engaged with their fans. He's he's wanting to interact with their fans more um, because that's most people are, are wanting to interact now, right? Um, so we started talking about this YouTube thing and, um, and, and catfish was all on board and, and what it's going to be is, is a lot of stuff you don't see from the show. It's going to, uh, start getting more into their personalities and who they are and, um, kind of more of behind the scenes stuff. Uh, you know, catfish just, which was crazy, killed a turkey on the bow with a bow on the ground, no blind by himself, solo filming. And at the end of it he kind of shows you how he did it like this was his setup this is the camera he used you know this is his decoy spread so it's it's getting more into the way they hunt and also getting into who they are um which i think is cool and those guys are entertaining and and it's fun to be in camp with and i think i think the fans are really gonna eat that up and i i think the knowledge that people are gonna learn from them too because they them guys hunt hard and um, they know what they're doing, obviously. They've been doing it a long time. But um, to spread some of that knowledge around and get to know them a little bit more and their personalities um, and, like I said, how they how they hunt and how they film and stuff, I think it's going to be really cool for a lot of viewers. And it's different than, than an actual, like, produced show for network. It's going to be more raw and live, more like in the moment. Um, the goal... Uh, I believe this year is when he when he films it to have something up by like the end of the week, if not, nice. you know, within a couple of days. So you're, you know, you're you're following along with them throughout the year, um, and you know know what's going on because now you know we see somebody shoot shoot a deer and they take a picture of it, and you got to wait till next year to kind of hear mm-hmm. that story. So you'll get to he- see and hear a lot more behind, the, behind scenes the scenes stuff, stuff. which yeah. is going to be neat. I yeah. think it's going to be super cool that you'd be able, like you said, they're getting some of their personalities because that's what I connect to. Yeah, people's personalities and videos. So now you get to see that firsthand because I've watched a lot of, of Hank Parker's fishing videos, but not so much of his hunting videos. It's just yeah. something I haven't watched. But he's I, a hunter, man. Yeah, he's, I'm excited. He's a go getter. I'm excited to to check it out. So that's uh, is that going to be? What what's the exact name going to be on YouTube? So it's it's under uh, Hank Parker Flesh and Blood Outdoors and uh, Catfish. Um, I think just just put their their first YouTube uh, one live with him and his niece Ellie, her turkey hunt. So you get to kind of see that, and there's there's some funny clips in there, and and that's what it's going to be with them guys. They're gonna, yeah, they're going to have fun, but they hunt hard. But you're gonna you're gonna see it. They're gonna have a lot of fun. You're gonna get to see how they do it and how they set it up. And I'm excited for it too. And and I think a lot of people like it. You know, if you're able to get some of uh, Hank's stuff behind the scenes with his fishing and deer hunting and stuff like that too, along with catfish and maybe some of his other brothers and his wife Laura, um, it's gonna be. I think it's gonna be pretty neat. And I can't wait for it too. And yeah, I'm kind of I'm kind of part of it. Yeah, see, Bill Winky did something like that. Well, I mean, I don't know how long he's been doing it, but I at least followed it this past deer season, and it was almost every day he's putting out a video. Yeah. And you know, if he had a slow day, he'd throw in a team member who, whose hunt was within the last week or so. You know, just keep it current, keep it going. And uh, for me, it really helped me relate to him. Because if he didn't see any deer, and I didn't see any deer, at least, you know, I was the only one who didn't see anything, you know. <laughs> yeah. You know, I, I just feel like some of these guys, you know, 
go out and they see 40 deer every night you know right well that's what that's what's pushed into the 22 minute episode to get it keep it exciting for you to watch yeah, yeah. but that's what you know it only happens at my place yeah <laughs> that's what's going to be neat about this is besides just the hunting side is the personality side you get to see these guys in camp and different stuff too yeah. that's and around their families and it, i i think it's going to be really cool and a lot of fun i like that it's going to be live like that too so you can relate to you know, if they are hunting in the Midwest, and then you know, and then it's oh, within a week, you know, okay, what you know, what the, what are the deer doing the last week, you know, and you can yeah. kind of relate. So I think that's that's going to be super. Yeah, cool. and then when you watch the actual produce show for the network, you'll remember that. Oh, I remember where he was, you know, back when he was in that camp in Illinois, and oh, you remember him cutting up with this guy, and yeah, the, and that's another thing as a camera guy, like you got to realize everything is your fault and they're going to cut up <laughs> oh, on you. Yeah. So, so if you're looking to be a camera guy, just know that these guys can do jumping jacks and this, you know, in the stand and make a bunch of noise and move. But the second you move or something, then it goes, it's all the, all the camera guys fault. Have you come across, um, going hunting with somebody and like you probably have your own scent control regimen and they have their own scent control regimen. Have you been forced to, go their way because you're in their spot you're their camera guy or have they just let you take care of yourself or you know kind of touch on that no because, they, because that's something cody and i haven't experienced is having an extra body up there with us hauling you know a stand and sticks in or you're hauling camera gear in you know you yeah. might get a little extra sweaty right than just one guy out there going to a ladder stand no, I, I take Evercom with me everywhere because I believe in that stuff. Uh, I've seen it firsthand work. Um, when I first started uh, using it up in Michigan, we had more bucks on the farm than they've seen in 10 years, and we'd have more deer show up. Uh, so I personally, I take Evercom with me everywhere. Uh, scent control, you know, you're cautious of it when you leave the house and, you you know, you wash it and then you put it in your vacuum seal bag or whatever and you go – you go to camp, but then you take it out in camp and people are cooking and different things and you hang it and stuff like that. Um, we use sprays and different things, but, but some people, I guess most people probably don't believe it's so much your clothes as it is more of the scent that's coming off of you and your skin and stuff like that. So if you get sweaty when you're walking out and you're going to hang and hunt or something like that, there's not much you can do besides maybe some field wipes. Um, but yeah, so I try to put bring some Evercom with me and use that use that in the stand. And we actually used Kamir Deer. Have you heard Kamir Deer? Yeah, yeah. Um, so Kamir Deer we used um, in Kentucky early season last year um, on a doe that came in and busted us blue. And they had the, the squirt bottle, pure gold. And he just started spraying it on the limb right in front of him. And he just kept spraying it. And this doe stopped blowing and came back in. And it wasn't like... It's not a cover scent. It was a diffuser of like putting something else in her her path of her scent that she was catching of us. She was also starting to smell that Khmer deer, and it calmed her down enough to where she would come in and eat. Wow! But it was it was crazy to think like because you would think of like a spray, a cover scent, you know, whatever you're using. Um, but it was just a diffuser of a di- adding a different smell to the element. That made her like, kind of like, oh, maybe I didn't smell what I thought I smelled the first time. 
So I thought that was kind of neat. But but as far as spraying down before we go in and out, yeah, yeah, we do. But nobody really has told me what to do yet or or um, how they do it. Like I said, I just I just kind of do it my way. I, I vacuum seal my stuff before I leave and I open it up there in camp and, and use Evercom. Have you ever busted a whole hunt because you're sent? Man, catfish would tell you I have. <laughs> <laughs> but it wasn't me. We were hunting in uh, Ohio last year, and he said I, I, I moved or something and messed up this dough, and I, it wasn't me. I tell you that. <laughs> but like I said, it goes back to we had we probably had fifteen deer in front of us, and this, one of them's gonna bust you. One this one, and but she didn't blow or nothing. She just kind of left and. Yeah, he said that was my fault, but oh yeah, I'm sure you're gonna. If I have Dallas in with me, he's gonna be my fall oh, guy for everything. Gosh, <laughs> if he's filming, yeah. be like, dude, that's why. That's why the buck didn't. He come can on. be way up here, or he can be way yeah. down here. Yeah, yeah. There's no in between. Yeah. yeah, it's it's funny. Like Matt Light, he's he's one of the most fun guys you'll have in camp ever. He's so cool, and um, but like, and he'll crack jokes like in the stand, like to the point where I'm. It's hard because I'm trying not to laugh to make noise, right? But then right when he sees a deer, he's like, don't move, don't move, don't move, shut up, shut up, shut up. Like, <laughs> it, like, switches, like, that quick from him. And a lot of them are like that. Like, there's they're, they're so much fun in camp. and But once you get in a stand and some little bit of action comes, it's like you yeah. you don't move, you don't breathe, you don't say nothing, just get, get the camera, get on them. But, uh, yeah, it's fun. I tell you, if I could get in camp with, like, Kip – catfish matt light and maybe tombo from from buck commander that'd be a riot there that'd be the most fun camp ever them guys are a lot of fun it's super cool that you got you got into this filming and then you get to hang out with all those you know people that we you know we watch on tv and and we see how they hunt but you get like the full behind the scenes actually get to know their personality and and like you're saying you said that they're everybody's pretty good and the best thing that's come out of this podcast for us is connections like yeah. getting to talk to you you know hand you know firsthand and then other people in the industry and everybody that we meet besides a few are like hands down badass people you mm-hmm. know what i mean that would do that they want to see other people succeed which is super cool you know because they all started at you know some point so you know how i know jordan's badass he said he'd come down here november 10th and hunt and film me <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. he's gonna be filming for buck commander so right. as long as that check cashes yeah. i'll be here <laughs> he'll be here no problem dude so. let's uh let's go ahead and end it uh white tail legacy fashion we like to get a couple good hunting stories so let's get uh, a couple of your most memorable hunts whether it's behind the camera or you actually pulling the trigger so for me um it's anything with the kids like um you were talking about your your kid gets to watch your hunt. My son doesn't know what it's like to be in the woods without a camera. So I got his first turkey kill on film, I got his first buck kill on film. Like so that's stuff that I get to relive along with him and he'll get to show his kids eventually one day. Um got his first miss on camera too and be able to talk about that. So those are kind of the memorable hunts for me just personally and then with the family but one that's um that was really cool was uh we went down to georgia for an event called beard for benefits 
and we had a kid named Austin that has heart disease. It's it's an event where they take wounded warriors and um, disabled children hunting, and they team them up and they turkey hunt. So I I got to go down there and film this event, and um, and Austin he can't with his heart disease he can't walk really far distances. So um, I just threw him up on my back and like towed him in to the woods, and we really got to bond. And that that stuff's and I and I stayed in contact with with his parents, his mom, and um, we're gonna try and do more stuff in the future. But he was able to get a bird. Uh, so we were we were turkey hunting the spot and had this bird come out probably three hundred yards away. It was so far that we could see it gobbling, but you couldn't hear it. And it's like. Um, it just wouldn't come in, went back in the woods, but it finally came in and, um, filming that one was pretty cool. Um, part of that story with the, the, um, the veteran that was with us has never turkey hunted before either. And, uh, I don't know how old Don is, but, um, but he's never turkey hunted before. And Austin, when that bird first came in, Austin was in a tough position to shoot, but he did shoot and he actually hit the decoy. And then um, uh, Billy had Don follow it up and actually shoot and kill that bird. So that was his first bird in his whole life. But he never said anything because Austin thought he killed it. And I thought that was pretty cool that he kind of just tucked that under his hat and let that let that go. And Austin, you know, got this bird. And he was a part of the hunt, um, but he just didn't have the finishing shot. And But to us, it di- you know, it didn't matter, right? It was, you know... Um, Austin with his heart disease and lung disease, they, uh, they say he can't, you know, he's not strong enough to do heart transplant or anything right now. So the family don't, you know, future, they don't really know what that holds, but I was able to capture that and, and have that hunt with them that, um, for all of us is really memorable because his mom was in the woods with us too. So you had, you know, that's six people in the woods, five, five people in the woods. And, um, and we were able to get that bird, and it was twenty, I think, twenty-one and a half pounds, a ten and a half nice. inch beard. It was, it was an awesome, awesome event. But that, that's one of my uh, more memorable hunts. That's that was just recent. Story. Yeah, yeah that's that the was stuff cool. We love, man. Yeah, that's the stuff we love. That was beard, beards, and benefit. That was beards, beards for benefit, not B double R's beards like turkey beard. Beards, yeah, yeah, for benefit. It's an a, it's an event in Georgia they do every year. That's. It's it's a big event. It's cool. It used to be called Country Gone Hunting, uh, but now they changed the format and changed the name. And um, so they match veterans and so they take a veteran and put him with a disabled kid and they hunt wow. together as a team for the weekend. That's super cool. So the kid hunts first. Their kid shoots first, and then the veteran goes. And it, it it's yeah, it's a cool that is a cool super event. cool idea. I yeah. like that a lot. So I never heard of that before. I think I might have seen something that you shared on that. But. Yeah, I, I did. Um, I, I shared a lot from that weekend. Yeah, probably. I I did a little interview with with me and Austin there. Yeah, that's what I did. Yeah. see. Okay. Yeah, on Instagram, yeah. right? Yeah. 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 Okay. Yeah. yeah, I did see that. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Before we finish here, go ahead and uh, if you if you wanted people to follow your Instagram, go ahead. And yeah. With your Instagram and anything else you want to. Man, I don't. It's Jordan Spencer thirty. I believe my Instagram is. I don't know. See, that's where I'm talking about. I'm still learning all yeah. this too. <laughs> yeah. I gotta try and keep up with it too. But uh, Jordan Spencer thirty. Um, Facebook's Jordan Spencer, but there's gonna be a thousand other ones out there. So yeah. find 
Cody's friends and look me up. Yeah, I guess. there you go. Yeah, <laughs> and then yeah, you got the the YouTube's Jordan Big Red Spencer on there, and um, I'll be doing a lot more of kind of behind the scenes stuff myself and and uh, camera stuff on that as well. Yeah, I'm excited to learn from you, man. I I uh, hope you don't mind some text message questions. Yeah, too, man, and people like. If you get on the YouTube and you watch stuff and you have some questions on shots or how I got, I mean, just comment on there or message me some way, any, any way I can help. Like I said, I, I started it with not knowing anybody or what to do or even the really the real questions to ask. So if I can help anybody. Yeah, I think it's honorable that you say, you know, I want to help people, which is super cool. And then you took the time to come and talk to us here for, you know, an hour and a half. So we can't we can't thank you enough for coming yeah, man. On, man. I got one last question. No, let's keep and I, going. And I'm going to give you the answer. What is the best tip for a self-filming hunter? And what I need you to say is to get a damn cameraman. Yeah. <laughs> no, self-film. I tell you, I've self-filmed some uh, hunts. My, well, I guess, yeah, be myself, right? I, I self-filmed some hunts. And um, it's so rewarding when you actually connect and, like, everything comes together. Um, I shot a big seven point last year uh well now it's two years ago um that i self-filmed and to me it was like that moment in the hunt you capture that and you get it it's so rewarding and then everything else we go back you can tell the story of setting up your blind or setting up your tree stand or whatever is it later but having that nice to have that tack cam you have in the main camera even turn that tack cam around on you and get that kill shot on film by yourself is really, really rewarding. So um, I'd say keep at it, man. It's, it's tough to get a camera guy. And then it's tough to find a camera guy that hunts like you, too. And you can't really, you know, you ain't paying them. Or if, you know, if you are, you're buying them lunch or something. It ain't much, <laughs> right? So you're going to have two different opinions of how you hunt. So um, that, that side's hard. I can't find a camera guy right now myself so (laughs) i gotta film everything myself when i go and and it's it's really really rewarding and and it's just you know when you when you connect you you do your you know your recovery yourself you just got to take your time it it just takes twice as long to do everything but the easiest way to self-film is out of a pop-up line i see i thought that was a little hard to turkey hunting with turkey hunting yeah Oh, like, I, well, I, I felt better. Turkey hunting is hard because you hear a gobble and then he shuts up when he gets on the ground. And you want to run and gun. <laughs> That's why turkey hunting's hard with it. But. I, just, I just felt like I was better with using a tree arm. Maybe it's just because that was the first thing I did filming, but maybe, maybe because I got to. Do you have a tripod? A tripod. Yeah. 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 yeah see, if you got, you, you got to get a tripod with a fluid head on it. And I just upgraded right there. That's my first. And then whatever camera you have, what makes it really easy is my camera. I got a remote for it that attaches to the handle, and I can control my focus on that. I can control my zoom, record. Like a Verizoom? Or? Yeah, it's just like a Verizoom, yeah, yeah, but it's the Sony version of it. Sony version. Yep, I'm doing a lot of research. Damn, just, I got to step up. Just forking out the funds. <laughs> right? <laughs> Welder money. Yeah. Well, y'all know you got my info, and anybody else, just reach out to me, man. I'll help any way I can. It's... The industry is hard to get into, but once you get that first gig, you'll get more work than you could probably handle, and that's what they told me. And once I got my first job, 
and filming for a network show, then I started getting one after another, after another, after another. It's just getting that first one done. But if there's anything, like I said, any questions, anything I can help, I don't know all these, I don't know all the gadgets, I don't know all the specs, all these cameras. I just know, I I just think I'm good at telling the story. Yeah. So. Yeah, I can I can feel that just from your personal YouTube, but just a few that I've watched. You, yeah. You do a really good job of telling the story, and I think, like to me, like I said, that's what makes a video for me. If there's not a story, if it's, you know, like you see that like 60 second kill shot footage. Yeah. Well, it's cool, but I'm like. It doesn't make it for me. I gotta have some. I gotta have some. You know, I wanna. I wanna hunt and I wanna pack a lunch with it. You know, what I mean, yeah. <laughs> I want some meat on it. You know, so yeah. We appreciate you coming in again, man. This has been a lot of fun. I uh, I really liked how this thing went out. I like that you. You know, you're pretty much a professional filmer, whether you think you are or not. But you yeah. said you. You know, you use the high tech stuff, but you're not un. You know, we we talked to a lot of people that they're like, well, if you don't have this, don't even try. You mm-hmm. know, so it's cool that you came in and said you don't need all this stuff. No. Just get out there and learn. So I really like that you said that. And then, you know, we got we got people that are we talking to that are just starting up. You know, and and it doesn't. You know, like you said, you know, we don't we don't worry about the haters because you're gonna get those. I mean, mm-hmm. we do. And then just move on from that, and then every video you're going to learn and get better. So yeah. I really like how that message came out in this. So, Yeah, just pay attention to detail. You watch these shows. I mean, if you're, if you're a hunter that's watching hunting shows that, and you're inspiring to be a camera guy or have your own show one day or whatever it is, you, you know, you got to pay attention to the shows you like and what they're doing and the shots they're getting, the time lapses they're getting, drone shots they're getting. If you can't do a drone, you can... You can do a, a time lapse with your camera, um, even if you just have, you know, a regular handy cam. You just set it up and press record, let it run for thirty minutes, and then you speed it up and post. Yeah. So there's there's ways to just look into it, pay attention to some of these shots these guys get, their B roll and how they tell their story, and go from there. It's just paying attention to detail, and keep trying, and keep learning, keep failing. Yeah, we're good at that. Yeah. <laughs> yep. <laughs> All right, guys, like always, we appreciate you listening. Uh, I think we got a lot of good info out there. We wanted to get a a podcast just about filming out there because we get a lot of questions just off our rookie stuff of, you know, what what we're doing. and What we're doing is just sending it. Yeah, that's what we tell people. You know, we're just doing the best we can and and having a lot of fun. Like I always say, you know, we love you. Keep keep hitting that play button. White Tail Legacy out.